I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, is it voter suppression? Is it voter integrity? Is it boxing people out of the system? Or is it ensuring everyone has confidence in the system? If you look at the headlines, it depends on which headlines you're reading. Uh, The sides are on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what they're saying is involved in all of this legislation, both federally and at the state level, in terms of voter rights and voter legislation. So let's dig a little deeper. Let's see if we can expand it a little bit bigger and get beyond the headlines. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So a lot of chatter going on in terms of uh, many of these bills that have uh, started, of course, uh, in the United States House, H.R. 1, as well as a number of bills that are taking place uh, and being debated in states around the country. And... There's some good reform in there, and there's probably some things that need to be sorted out. Uh, And a lot of it is making sure we're getting to the truth uh, in terms of what this is. Of course, there was a a big dust-up over the weekend uh, in Texas as uh, Democrats in their legislative body walked out, uh, making it so they did not have a quorum. They didn't have enough members present to actually have a vote. So that's been slowed down. The governor of the state of Texas has said he'll call a special session uh, to bring them back in and uh, and get that done. But I think the important thing for us to think through is what does this actually mean? And are there things that are good common sense reforms that should be done? Uh, Are we making it uh, as easy as possible? But I would also say as important as possible uh, because I think for too long uh, we have been catered to to where, you know, if, if I have to break a sweat or if I have to alter my day in any way, shape or form uh, to cast my vote, uh, I just can't. It's too much to ask. And it's not, especially coming off a day like Memorial Day, where we think of those who gave the last full measure of devotion so we could vote, <laughs> so that we could have these debates so that we could live in this constitutional republic of ours uh, that gives us representation. 
Uh, and so let's break it down just a little bit. I, I think this is one of those where there's a lot of rage and not a lot of reason going on uh, in terms of what it is in a number of these different bills uh, in terms of what's happening. So let's start with the state of Texas, since that's uh, at the forefront right now in terms of the headlines. So some of the things that we know that are in the bill, and remember, this hasn't been passed or voted on, so it's always subject to change. Even the draft legislation has some things that are a little bit vague. Uh, so in terms of the hours of voting, uh, many people have, have jumped on that as an issue in terms of when people can vote. And so let's get into the specifics of that. So first, it uh, it does mandate that all weekday early voting take place sometime between 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. 6 a.m. and 9 p.m., I think that's uh, I think that's reasonable. Uh, whether you're working or not, uh, you can do something a little before work or a little after work. If you're working from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., uh, that might be a, a, a challenge, uh, but there aren't too many people who fall in that category. Uh, it also changes, and this is this was one that has uh, stirred a lot of controversy, and that is on Sunday. Now, a lot of places don't have Sunday voting at all. Uh, in Texas, they do, uh, but it would limit, again, this is early voting, uh, on Sunday to be between the hours of 1 p.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, the Democrats in Texas argued that this would disenfranchise black voters. There are uh, a lot of uh, historic black churches there who uh, do their souls to the polls effort as part of their Sunday activity. And so whether you stretch that out, if you have nine to nine on Saturday, on Sundays, I think that's a doable thing. I think that's uh, reasonable and responsible. You can do that. Uh, I do think there are some interesting things uh, in terms of uh, requiring voters who are requesting an absentee ballot uh, to provide a driver's, driver's license number or social security number. Uh, and again, I don't think those are high bars. Uh, there's a, we, you can't get on an airplane without some form of ID. You can't buy liquor without some sort of ID, I think, to cast a vote uh, and to request an early ballot. Uh, I don't think that is a burdensome uh, thing for people to have to do. And freedom is not free, folks. Uh, there are there are some things that we have to do. Uh, and uh, in the state of Texas, it's not hard to get a an ID of some sort, uh, whether that's your social security number or driver's license. Uh, even if you're not driving, you can get an ID uh, that's like a driver's license uh, that is accepted uh, by the government. Uh, so anyway, as we look at all of these, and again, there's a lot of things in the uh, HR1 bill, which has passed the House, uh, has a very uncertain future in the United States Senate. Uh, and the thing that worries me about the national bill that's passed the House is it does really federalize a lot of the voting process. Uh, and that's a worry to me. Uh, this has been done. Uh, through a federalism system where states and local uh, governments take care of voting and elections. The election law is done that way. Uh, And that is actually a protection to us. That's something that we haven't really thought about or talked about is the fact that it is this patchwork of community governments handling elections, election law, Uh, and states, uh, that's actually a security protection to us because it's not just one big federal system that if it were hacked or uh, penetrated by a foreign uh, operative of some sort, 
would could immediately change the results of elections. So uh, breaking it down in the way we have it, I think, is is important. And so I, th- I think the conversation is going to continue for some time on this. Uh, but don't just accept either end of the spectrum on this one. Uh, I think we have to. I think we have to uh, really think again in terms of what does this mean. Uh, yes, we want to make sure that this is not about voter suppression or disenfranchising. We also need to make sure that on the flip side of that, we also have voter integrity and vote integrity, so we can have confidence in the outcomes of our elections locally and nationally. But don't buy into just the high-level stuff. we got to dig a little deeper on this one to be sure. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.